Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 83rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the co-founder and editor-in-chief of the site, and I will be the host, guide, and curator of this episode where we'll be talking about all the happenings from Disney Plus Day, which happened on Friday, November 12th. And we're going to be talking a little bit of holidays here. We're going to be talking about uh, our pop culture Thanksgiving and Christmas traditions and maybe some hot takes and some stuff that we don't like and maybe some uh, chestnuts that we think you guys should uncover. Uh, Let me introduce my esteemed panel uh, returning to us um, from another rough week of football. Um, this brutal for everyone involved. Yeah, he is the reluctant managing of the popbreak.com, and uh, sometimes he's my co host, uh, Al Manarino. What's up, Al? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, it was another rough week in football. I've come to the conclusion that I am terrible at sports betting, but really I've told you fantasy, this for years, but really good at fantasy football because now I'm in third in both my leagues, including the pop break league. So, yeah, I'd be stoked. I tie, I, we are now tied because literally six guys on my team were injured and the other five forgot how to play football. Um, but the Orange Cassidy's hopefully will ride again. And we are joined by the, the unofficial third host of this podcast. Uh, we say that because she was the second ever, the first, no, sorry, the first ever guest on our second episode where we talked about Tiger King. That's how long ago that was. And apparently there's a second season and God, I hate America sometimes. Um, she is the resplendent music editor of the popbreak.com where she, all her reviews will be extended for an extra 10 minutes. That's a little inside joke for her. Cat uh, Manos, welcome back. It's been way, way, way too long since we've been able to talk on a podcast. Hi guys. It has been way 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 too long i also i remember us talking about tiger king but we've been doing this or i should say you guys have been doing this so long it's we you're the third you're the third host that we are approaching the second season of, of, of tiger king that's how long this has been happening oh my god yeah and let's let's talk about uh i want to talk just uh like speaking of seasons we're rapidly approaching the end of season two of this podcast next week we're going to be doing our Cowboy Bebop uh, review, which is going to include Alicia Weinberger, who you recently heard on our Dune cast, where she talked a lot about the whole thing being about acid. And it's absolutely a glorious listen. You should definitely check that one out. And hopefully, Al, you talk to Ryan DeMarco to come on and talk about it as well. Yes. Or Did no. You- <laughs> probably no is the answer uh once we cowboy bebop will be our last like kind of solo like in, like kind of like insulated episode where it's like a one-off we will then be moving into our hawkeye review series to close out the second season can't wait uh, confirmed so far as guests we will have marshall and courtney stevenson of blurred watchers they're going to be coming back um uh, johnny rawls has uh definitely going to be on at least one episode you heard him on doomcast when he made his debut um We have a couple other, and Alex Marcus will be back for the penultimate episode because that's what he does. He's always on the next to last episode. Uh, And then we're going to take the last week of the year off because uh, we haven't actually, Al, I don't think we've missed too many weeks this year. We really haven't. I don't think we have. I think we have. If I I missed a week, you were on it. 
You have no. You've missed. Ever. You've missed more than one week. I've always been on it. You're, no, I'm saying if, if I have missed a week, you were on it. So I'm saying that it's always had someone on the podcast. Not yep. Just so um, we will then go into the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I do have one guest outside of Pop Break making her debut. A friend of mine, Amanda Rivas. She's a uh, Ahsoka Tano cosplayer and pro wrestling mm. commentator. She's really stoked to come on to the podcast talking. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. And we will have all your favorites from our Music and Mando review series. I'm sure like Kat, Cole, Ken Grand, Pierre, and Lucas B. Jones rejoining us to talk about uh, Space Sopranos, as I like to call it. So, yeah, that's going to be what's going to be happening for the rest of the year. And we're stoked uh, for everyone to hear it. Thank you so much for checking us out. Don't forget, follow uh, Pop Break on Twitter and Instagram at the Pop Break. And of course, all our, our podcasts, this one and the winner still is Pop Break TV, the Breakcast, and uh, um, the Way Too Early Oscar podcast on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. So, getting the business out of the way. Let's get into uh, Disney Plus Day. Of course, you know we are an unofficial, unsanctioned, and I guess unloved uh, Disney Plus stand podcast. Uh, as you can see by every show we've ever reviewed on this site, as of this podcast, I should say, is a Disney Plus show. Of course, I'm talking all the MCU shows that we did this year and going into Hawkeye, the Book of Boba Fett, as you can tell. But Disney Plus Day took place on Friday of last week. And of course, that not only celebrates the second year of Disney Plus, which is wild to think about, but it's also the day where they drop all the news on new shows coming our way. So, guys, let's start out with some of the big news. Uh, the one that just like absolutely blew my socks off, and you know me, I don't even like wearing socks. It's flip flop season from St. Patrick's Day to my birthday. Um, X-Men 97, that's right, A the new series that will be in the vein of the extremely popular and influential Fox animated series. Um, Kat, I'm going to start with you. Uh, did you watch the X-Men animated series when it was on Fox? I did. I did. And, and I loved it as a kid. And it's the type of thing that years later you watch this and you're like, Christ, this has not aged very well. But I am excited to see what they're going to do. Like, presumably they'll update the animation a little bit. Maybe they'll make it just as exciting, but not as like cringy. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it as a kid. I would watch it on a, a Fox Kids. Um, it was it was so good. Yeah, loved it. What were the cringy moments for you? Because like I can I again I have not revisited this show since probably it aired so remind me of the cringy stuff because i don't remember it's just like was it was it wolverine going barf yeah stuff like that like like really strong like overacting that was that wouldn't match up with the animation so like someone would just be standing there and the voice actors like really really going for it and you're like god this is like so weird and yeah a lot of the storylines are like really rushed like I get it's for kids and as a kid you're like this is amazing look, look they're all like jumping off this building and they're all in their like cool suits and you watch it now and you're like this is too much there's too much happening in every frame the one storyline I loved and remember there were actually maybe there's two and I don't remember the second one as well I remember there was like they actually like had a Spider-Man cameo in one of them. Where it was oh like, yeah! Mm -hmm. Oh good. I, thank you. I have yes. so many people, and people are like, "What are you talking about? Spider-Man wasn't an X-Men." 
was and it was like they were fighting the sentinels and it was like this like plague that was going around the world or something like that i might actually have been i don't know if it was dark phoenix or not but the other one i remember is when they went to the savage land and professor x could walk <gasps> yeah i think they might have lost their powers and they had to try and survive in the savage land because savage land is such a huge part of the x-men mm-hmm. lore if people don't know savage land is basically prehistoric times just a shortcut for you and uh, it was great. I loved it so much. Al, I know you have to have watched the show when it was on. Yeah, same with Cat. Um, I well, actually same with you. I haven't watched it since the original run. Oh, I don't but, know if I want to go back to it because I'm like it was perfect in my mind. Yeah, yeah. There are there. I think there's some animated shows that were of the time. Not that I'm not excited about it coming back, but like literally the reason I'm so excited and I think the reason that like 99% of people are excited about this is that the original theme song is a forever banger. People remember that show mostly because of how awesome that intro was. So it's great. It's a great intro. And uh, listen... Yeah, as Bill pointed out to me, which the, I think the internet pointed out to him. No, is... I came up with that on my. Believe okay. it or not, <laughs> I came up with that on okay. my own in my own twisted brain. Okay, um, Bill messaged me on Facebook, just like the podcast started, yes. with "This is the first official X Men property done by Disney." So, yeah. so this is like it's 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 a reason to be excited just for the fact that like okay, guys, it's real now. Like, they actually have the X-Men, you know? Okay, I'm going to complicate my brilliant observation oh, by shit. asking this is like, okay, this is the first a use of X-Men by Disney. Is this the right vehicle for it and doing an animated series? Or should, there, should this be in a show? We're seeing so many big-budget shows coming out. We have all these high-gloss movies, but we're doing introducing X-Men an animated series does this work al one, so you change your thing to a question mark i'm going to go with you first one thousand percent this is like what's the safest thing we can do okay right this is the legitimately the safest thing they can do because like i think if it was in anyone else's the ball was in anyone else's court they would be like all right uh who needs a spinoff that hasn't had one yet like mm-hmm. that would be like the normal like thing that would yeah, happen right yeah, oh. which has been rumored for like a decade. Um, I've had to write, it, you made it. me write like four news pieces on the site about this. Sure. I'm sure that has happened. Honestly. Yeah, I, did. I know. Um, I had to write them. Um, yeah, I think this is like the safest bet. It's like, all right, like, how can we make fans happy? Because they're going to have to wait a long ass time before they mm-hmm. see one of these, uh, one of these characters in our plan, right? Like Disney's not, Disney's not going to take marvel properties and start doing marvel versions of them like they have to wait until feige is ready like till the story makes sense to release them on their own right so why not do this this is such a like a a slam dunk for them it's easy Kat, what are your thoughts i i would rather i'd rather disney slash marvel take their time when it comes to like live action x-men it's something people have just been like clamoring about so much and it's like we don't need to rush Ken. it Ken. yeah oh he remember but, he thought wandavision was going to introduce and that we was all did. Theory. yeah 
Yeah. We, I, I think that, I think it's best if they take their time because something I don't want to happen, which has kind of been happening a lot with like the, the most recent um, live action Marvel movies is that they have access to all of these characters. So now they're trying to like jam them into narratives where they don't even make sense to the point where it's like, let's bring in the X-Men organically when it would make sense for them to connect to something as opposed to like spoilers, if nobody has seen Eternals, but it's okay. Okay. Um, in, in like an after credit type thing for whatever reason, um, they are introducing blade in a context in in which he's interacting with a character he never interacted with in the comics. And that character he's interacting with is played by Kit Harrington, who also never interacted with the internals, even though he is a part of the movie. So it's like they have access to all these characters and just you could have them show up organically. It, it's it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Wait a second. <laughs> It's the Eternals. I will see it eventually. Don't get me wrong. Like I also <laughs> fucking Ragnarok before the end of the year. I promise. I swear to Al. I swear to my best friend Vic. I will watch Ragnarok before the end of this year. It, but like Blade was in the Turtles. Okay, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me clarify mm-hmm. slash give you my I'm stupid and what I thought happened. Okay. Okay. Yes. Was it Blade? It was. Yes and no. Yes and no. It was Mahershala Ali. I think that's his name. Mahershala Ali. Um, You only hear his voice. You don't see him. Still. I know. Now here's who I thought it was because I apparently am racist when it comes to black people's voices. (laughs) You thought it was Um, Samuel Jackson? No, I didn't. I didn't. And I swear to God, I still stand by this because I swear it sounded like this. I thought it was the watcher. I thought it was Jeffrey Wright because you don't see him. Mm -hmm. And the way that he, the way that he says it, it sounds like it's someone watching over him and not like a person in the room. I really thought it was Jeffrey Wright because I'm like, oh shit. Like I was right next to Ryan at the time. I was like, oh yes, this is how they're going to get like the multiverse involved. Like it makes sense. Right. Okay. That actually makes a ton of sense. And I don't think it's like a a racist thing. I think you were trying to (laughs) apply logic to a situation that was illogical. It would have made a ton of sense because Kit Harrington, who is playing a character called Black Knight, even though it's completely irrelevant to the movie, beyond irrelevant. And he is about to touch a sword that has some magical essence. And Excalibur. That's what I thought, but Cole told me about this whole thing. It's some other sort. I don't. I don't fucking know. But because remember, there is like a whole Al. What's the British, um, basically X Men with Captain Britain and all them? Oh, oh, I know what you're saying. Wasn't, um, it, wasn't it Cole Excalibur? Yes, it yeah, was. it was. It was. Ex- yes. It was him, Kitty Pride, the Dragon, Lockheed, and others. Yeah. So. Black Knight, he's about to touch this sword and you, through context clues, you feel like it's a bad thing if he touches this. So it would make sense if it was the Watcher slash Jeffrey Wright saying, no, don't do this, because I think that's what he says. Or he says, like, you don't want to do that. But no, it's uh, it's fucking Blade. Um, did he did he, say, did he call and say, some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill? <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty much. If that happened, that might be the greatest scene of all time. That, that wasn't even the most insane part. That wasn't even the most insane after credits of the Eternals. Well, let's not spoil Eternals. Yeah, we're not. We're not. I'm, I'm not going to talk anymore. But the point is, take your time with the X-Men. Don't shove characters in where it doesn't even make sense for them to show up. There's no reason that these characters are interacting in this context other than now they're next on Kevin Feige's docket. So I'm perfectly fine with the animated series come out coming out for X-Men. I'm looking forward to it. They, they better not screw up the theme song, though. Otherwise, they're going to have problems. No, they can't because people will literally turn it off. It's If it's not a version of that or an updated version of that, people mm-hmm. will be like, nope, done, sorry. Um, uh, lightning round question. Cat, your favorite character from the original animated series? It's a layup for me. It's Gambit. That's really good. Um, I always liked Jean, honestly. She was a good character. She just, like, I feel like she was like running shit. I don't know. She, like, everyone's like Cyclops was the field general. No, it was Jean. Um, yeah. yeah. Al, your favorite character from the animated series? I think it was Gambit. He was so cool, guys. Yeah. And don't forget, like, we also had the, the well, maybe for us oldies, the the arcade game where he was pretty yes. amazing. It was awesome. Like, Gambit was always, Gambit was like, I mean, I, I, I can't, like, I'm trying to think of a, I'm looking at an Avengers poster right now. But, like, I no guess, one was cool as him as an, in Avengers. I'm sorry. No, but like I'm saying, like, Gambit was just like, Everyone loved that dude. Like he just had the he had the cool outfit. He threw playing cards, and yeah. when you were a kid, playing cards were awesome. Um, and, and then and when you're an adult, like they them. would explode. And he had a staff, so we had a second weapon. Yeah, he had a staff, and like if you had two weapons, you were automatically cool. Yeah, yeah. Plus, he was a ladies' man too. Well, he had his heart set. Despite being a ladies' man, he had his heart set on one woman, and that was Rogue. Yes. Who so, doesn't though? We love. Seriously. We all love Rogue. I mean, well, we all love some Rogue. what they did with her in X Men Three. My God, what they That's did with everyone in X Men Three. So <sighs> yeah. No, she was the. I, to me, she would. That was the most egregious. That was awful. Um, yeah, that's uh, Wolverine. Wolverine cried in the third movie. Do we really want to talk? I mean, I understand at least. I'm a sensitive. No. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about I kind of missed my first question. I apologize for that. So what Disney Plus Day obviously marks every year. I mean, last year's like Disney Plus Day was kind of eclipsed by the investors call where they're like, hey, if we have a logo for it, we're making a show for it. Um, <laughs> the Disney Plus Day does mark the two, the anniversary of the launch of, of the streaming service. So I want to get your guys' opinion on Disney Plus when you were when we were going into it and where you see it how you feel about it and how you use it today cat like where you were two years ago and where you are today with this streaming service um two years ago we got disney plus right away and uh and, it was and like why was it did you get disney plus right away we got it 
it must have been for the Mandalorian or 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 you know what Cole is a huge Simpsons fan mostly the old seasons like pre-season 10 so so I he wanted that and like I was curious too and I remember we got it and we basically basically couldn't use it for two weeks because it was like so spotty and we get kicked off all the time and that was really annoying um we use it now for you know, basically anytime we want to watch like a Disney or Fox property, which is quite a bit. Um, over the summer, we rewatched all of the Marvel movies from beginning to end. And we own a lot of those, but not all of them. So we watched them on Disney Plus. Um, any Star Wars stuff we watched there. I'll say now I really like Disney Plus and I, I, this is like such an unpopular opinion, but I liked being able to watch movies that they put out in theaters at home on Disney plus because not an unpopular opinion. Yeah. I, like, don't get me wrong. I wasn't thrilled about paying like $30, sure. um, but I didn't want to go to movie theater during the pandemic. Um, I still like it now. It was, it was really great during Halloween watching like all the old like Disney cartoons and stuff like that like we watch like Ichabod Crane and and things like that like really old stuff they have a ton of stuff on there um I will say now something I didn't like then and I still don't like now I don't think it has a great interface the search is like not very good and it's it's hard to when you're watching a tv show and you let's say you finish episode six season two or whatever you leave and you get you come back it doesn't have it automatically like here's what you were watching last you have to like go down several things and kind of look for it which is annoying it almost starts at the first episode yes yes yeah that's that's annoying um and something that cole complains about all the time is Let's say that you click on the Avengers movie and it'll show suggested titles and it'll say um, Captain Marvel. You click on Captain Marvel and then there's more suggested titles and you kind of go down like a rabbit hole. There's no way to get back to the first screen other than clicking back like eight times to get back where you are. There's no like uh, floating sub navigation. It's like it's such a small thing. But when there's like seven or eight huge streaming platforms you really start to compare their interface. And I've always felt like Disney Plus has like a pretty weak one or at least one that can and should be updated. Um, but ultimately, you know, I like their content. I like the stuff that's on there. And I'm sure it's great for parents too, because theoretically a parent should be like, okay, put on anything on Disney Plus and you know it's not going to be egregious and your kid's going to be fine. So yeah, I mean, I generally like it as a platform. I do wish it had some updates though. Al, I'm going to get to you last. Because I want you to get, I want you to steal the spotlight here. Uh, for me, I I was all like Disney Plus. I'm like, ah, uh, why do I need this service? Then I saw the trailer for the Mandalorian. I'm like, ah, uh, I need to get this. <laughs> the one big selling point for me was the price point of six ninety nine. Yeah. And then they're like, we're raising the price, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, it's going to be big. And they were like, it's seven ninety nine. And I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm good with this. It's okay. Um, for me, it's the it's been you know I you know it's no secret I am a dad of a, a soon to be seven year old, and so for me it's been great for her because I've been able to introduce her very easily to uh, back catalog Disney Plus stuff or Disney like classic Disney stuff. I mean, especially during the pandemic, you know, make it a night of easily 
here's 101 Dalmatians, here's Sleeping Beauty, here's stuff you haven't seen. So that's been really cool. But, you know, I will go on there and, you know, I grew up like I had the Disney Channel when it was when it was a premium channel in the 80s. So to be able to go back to some of that stuff, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and other things like that to go back to it. And even some of the shorts during, but there's, I think what they do really great is like, while their interface isn't awesome, their curation of like themes. So it's like, it's Halloween, it's Christmas. And I can easily now stream, spoiler alert, I'm just going to throw it out there. My favorite Christmas tradition, which is Mickey's Christmas Carol. I get to watch that. And I, I shared that with my daughter last year. It was super cool. And um, I just, love i can you can just the ease of just being able to access all the stuff and i think their documentary their documentary work is great we've talked about the imagineering story al you and i have talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast it's an amazing documentary and like i also was someone who was really into the premier access act part of it to be able to watch and i love this movie and i'm sure no one else did i've talked about it here jungle cruise was so much fun it's essentially the new age mummy and like you know to watch that black widow and other things to be able to do that on a streaming platform i already have and then it's there for me to access going forward was great i loved it and i i watched it a lot and i think what they're adding is disney is they're extremely smart because they know people of my age and cat and al's age and they're you guys are in your 30s or Cat, you're at least close to your 30s. Um, yeah, no, no, I am. I'm 30. I just always think you're younger than that. So just <laughs> take that as a compliment. Uh, an old soul, but so young. Uh, to be able to, like, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, you know, to be able to watch everything we love that we we saw, it, it's, it's been great. So I, I really enjoy seeing stuff like that. And Al, your thoughts on Disney Plus going from day one to now i've been trying to also bluey on repeat guys. yeah that's I mean, honestly bluey, Come on. i mean disney plus gets super high marks for me just for bluey because i think i've gone through the first two seasons like a million times um i watch we watch christmas swim on sunday great episode love christmas swim it's great great episode Bar- bartleby um bartleby bartleby no i I, I interact weirdly with Disney Plus to this day. And I think from day one, like the problem initially, and they said it themselves and they and they basically took Bob Iger out of like retirement to, to fix Disney Plus was like, great, there's Mandalorian. Now what? Like the programming. Yeah, that was had so many, a huge problem in the beginning. Yeah, they launched and they're like, hey, here's everything Disney ever. But in terms of new stuff, you're going to have to wait. But we have a lot of ideas coming. Then Disney Invest, you know, Investor Day and Disney Plus Day or whatever um, a year ago was like, that was like, hey, you love this? Here's a million things you're going to love. Like that's where they announced um, Ahsoka and um, and the Book of Boba Fett. And think, well, not Book of Boba Fett, but like we just knew that a lot more things were on the horizon. Well, that day has kind of come, like we're getting the Marvel shows now, but I'm still in the, like, I will go on Disney Plus once a week. And that's not, if you're a streamer, that's not the case. Like, that's not something you want. Like, I'm using, as a parent, I'm finding myself going to Netflix, Prime, and Hulu before anything else. Even though Disney has every Disney movie ever, right now my son's at an age where he wants repetition. 
So it's um, Gabby's Dollhouse on Netflix. It's, oh, I it's, know that very well. It's, it's Coco Melon. It's Baby Bomb. It's or he's a little past that now, but like um, a, 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 my pediatrician recommended uh, Wild Kratz. Um, yeah, you would. Uh, it's good. It's very educational, um, like animals and stuff. If, if she's mm-hmm. but watch, uh, watch Parker's watch Octonauts. My friends, he, he liked he liked Octonauts too. But we went <laughs> blazed through that, and like so, we're always finding stuff because he loves animals and he loves all that kind of stuff and that's why he likes the lion king and stuff but as like he goes to bed and, like, and going on hulu a lot and i'm like why am i not going to disney plus where they have everything i love the fact is they don't have everything i haven't seen yet or mm-hmm. everything that i want to see like i'm not going back and saying oh i missed that one marvel movie uh, shang chi being the exception yeah, I um, that is on that's on uh, Disney Plus now. But like those things, I'm seeing already, right? Like Netflix. The cool thing about Netflix is there's no, it's not available anywhere else, right? Like those things are popping up on Netflix through Netflix programs. I'm not going to go see it in the theater. Not to say that it's like not the case with Disney Plus, but like even the shows, they're released in a schedule that has me watching um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier once a week, or mm-hmm. or WandaVision, or Mandalorian, or like. I, there's no counter programming. I don't have to go wait another day or two because they like, oh, we're going to release everything on Wednesdays. How is that helpful for you as a streamer when you want people on your platform all day? You need to have something new every day, and well, they kind of they still haven't figured that out. I don't know. I'll disagree with that because yeah, they don't have everything. Every, they don't have something new every day, but Disney's catalog is so. Mm-hmm. it's so vast yeah but i i just explained to you like how i feel as like yeah. someone who was raised on disney right i'm not going out of my way to go rewatch, you know um a, you know aladdin 2 right the, the straight <laughs> to dvd like jafar's revenge or something right the ret- it's the return of jafar return of jafar. <laughs> by the way <laughs> family right. family guy has you a replaced great robin williams with the guy who does homer simpson's voice Fa- family guy had a great joke early family guy about like straight to vhs disney movies it's like and now back to aladdin 8 jafar needs glasses and it's him at the optometrist like get number one or number two uh number number can i see number two again they haven't <laughs> so what disney has not done yet i think now uh, i and correct me if i'm wrong they haven't been able to take the show or the property that is on Disney itself, the Disney Channel or Disney Junior, and being able to connect it to Disney Plus to make a must watch. You know, Pops and Muppet Babies and Bluey will still go to terrestrial TV first, Mm -hmm. then go to eventually go to Disney Plus. Yeah, like Hulu. Hulu's like an yeah, like Hulu's like an aggregator kind of right. Like Hulu was um, yeah. What was it called? Does everyone like this is going to be a nice trivia question? Does anyone remember what Hulu was before Hulu? Actually, no, I have I have no idea. Okay. I'm gonna find that in a second because I actually used to watch it. I used to watch it before I, it was Hulu, it was something else. When I was in college, like 2009, Hulu was Hulu. So if it was something else, it would have been before that. Yeah. Yes. I, I do hear what you're saying, Al, but I think you're almost giving an unfair critique of Disney plus because from my perspective, Disney plus is not trying to necessarily compete with 
Amazon Prime or Netflix, Disney Plus's whole thing is like, we have such a vast history of film Mm -hmm. and of cartoons and of TV. Like, look at everything we've done. They're also a a purchaser of major properties. Oh, you want to watch any uh, Star Wars thing? Come Disney Plus. You want to watch any Marvel thing? Come to Disney Plus. They don't even like really need to have new content because they have so much good old content. Meanwhile, Netflix doesn't really have that. They're like, okay, uh, we need like a new movie every month that was created by an algorithm. Okay, um, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds, go. Here's a new movie. No, not, like, throw her in. Yeah, throw her in. Everyone likes her, right? Question mark. It's like they have a different strategy, in my opinion, which is they don't feel the need to compete with everyone else because they have so much like old properties that people would care about. Yeah, they're more ever. They have like a ton of evergreen content, whereas like I feel like Netflix is like they promoted Red Notice, which is the movie you're referencing, is like the most downloaded film in Netflix history. But you know what? People are going to forget about that movie in a week. And like, yeah, like I feel like Netflix a lot of times, if it's not a Stranger Things phenomenon, if it's not a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to get a huge buzz for it. You see with Adam Sandler films, like yeah. how many people were talking about that Hubie Halloween movie this Halloween? Nobody. Hey, d- does everyone remember Bird Box? I Who's was thinking about Bird that the Box? other day. I was like, wow, Bird Box was the hottest thing yeah. in the world. I, I, okay. And no one talks about it anymore. Because Listen, they saw it and it's over. No one is going and watching like Bird Bandersnatch. Box. Right all, all fair points. Here's what I'm trying to say as what I am experiencing as Al, the viewer of streaming like, services. Please acknowledge me. No, no. no I th- you're, you're right. You, you yeah. are. I, no, I, I hear I'm not, what you're saying. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying this you're is right. how I feel specifically is I find myself going, like viewing Disney Plus, and I love Disney Plus for what it is. I totally 1000% agree with cat that they have not fixed the the goddamn user experience of the app itself and it's super irritating um like i just i want to go back to the bluey episode i was in the middle of why do i have to restart it like what does it matter to you exactly i'm saying as an a viewer i'm also the theme song is a bob but it's such a bob it's such a bob i whistle it all the time no i i feel that um i feel that disney plus i'm viewing it like on a weekly basis i'm viewing it like i'm Mm -hmm. watching the episode of of hawkeye this week then next week is when i'm going to go back on the platform because i'm going to watch hawkeye again if i'm going to stay on the platform it's because i'm only going to it that one time watching hawkeye whereas every night i'm going on to netflix and watching reruns of seinfeld or watching the new episode of big mouth there's so much counter programming there Right. Where it's like they add new stuff all the time. It doesn't have to be a new Netflix original per se. It's just because it's an aggregator of both new stuff from them originally and uh, properties that they're acquiring. And Hulu's the kind of the same way. And Hulu's Disney Plus, so they're they're making money regardless. But it's like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going on there to watch. Oh, I need to catch up on what we do in the shadows. Like I need to do yeah, this. I know, that. Like Hulu, one, and I can watch live sports on there now. On well, here, okay. So here's the big difference, though. So Disney Plus will always be geared towards kids and PG-13, whereas you can watch What We Do in the Shadows and Big Mouth, which is more TVMA. So you're going to get more variety and I think more depth in those other platforms than Disney Plus. 
I think you're going to eat your words in a few years because they're going to, oh, I'm, I'm, they're I'm, going I'm to today. change. They're going to do just like everything else and make an age requirement for a certain profile because what happens when the new Deadpool movie comes out and they're not going to put it on Disney plus come on. No, like, we're going to put it on Hulu. Yeah. They'll put it on Hulu. Yeah. Because I mean, if they it's a Marvel movie guys, yeah, but you just said it yourself. You want to see everything more. Yeah, but not all the go. properties have ended up on Disney Plus. You Modoc didn't end up at Disney Plus, and you're no, but I'm the Hellstrom yes. show. <laughs> yes, but I'm saying if Mark, no one watched. We're getting we're getting in the weeds. But if 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 That's Deadpool fine. is going to enter the MCU proper mm-hmm. in some capacity, Ooh, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm just saying that like it's, I know it's geared towards that now, but at the same time. The Simpsons are on there. That's a big property for them. Is that geared towards kids necessarily? I don't but think I so. But I mean, like I said, towards PG-13. I know they're trying to. Mm-hmm. With that weird plus day special. Yeah. Oof, yeah, we don't talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, that was, was, I think really that raises a good point. Like, maybe one day Disney Plus will change. Hey, remember Disney? Disney Plus after dark. Ugh. God, please, please let me host that special. That Very seedy. Well, well, we'll talk about. We'll just about show The Rock five times in a row. Well, show uh, just who not the, the movie, not the that movie's inappropriate. I know. <laughs> no, yeah, that movie is highly problematic. Uh, it's great though. I know. Uh, but uh, let's talk about one of the things. Like MCU was dominated um, Disney Plus Day, but before we get into the MCU, because the MCU dominated it. There was really no Star Wars here. Everyone was 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 chomping at the bit for a Kenobi trailer. Um, we didn't, which we kind we got a taste of. I, I I which I missed, and I saw some stills that some production still like uh, concept art people posted. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think? No Star Wars. Like, is that weird? Um, was that a miss for a Disney Plus, or is just like, listen, we got Book of Boba Fett. Who cares? Cat, uh, I'll start with you. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm just like so uh what is the word over Star Wars <laughs> no not bitter cynical I don't know if I'm so cynical but I saw that and I was like oh it's because they're gonna have like a whole other fucking day just for Star Wars stuff that's completely separate from MCU because because everything um because everything needs its own day now so it's fine I just assumed that's what was happening Oh well, yes, you are correct because it's May the fourth. Uh, yeah, yeah, they like Star Wars has its own day now, so they're gonna, you know, try and commodify that as much as they possibly can. That is true, and of course, I see in the background the, the love of your life, uh, the fourth official podcast host of this show, Mr. Cole Rothacker. What's up, pal? Hello. <laughs> I missed you. I've missed you so much, pal. I know. I didn't even realize we hadn't been on for a bit. It's been months. And no, by the way, I, I think we have detailed our, our hangout in July. That was uh, a highlight of 2020 for me, my friend. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. We'll have to have you. At, are you guys coming out for, um, uh, I'm stalling for Al. Um, do you guys, are you guys coming out for Christmas or no? Thanksgiving, but not Christmas. Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I caught you at a good time. Uh, <laughs> well, listen. We'll talk offline about that because that could be fun. If you want to hang on the podcast, you are more than free to do so, my friend. But if you want to get uh, food, I don't also don't blame you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I might. Um, I think I'm going to go get something to eat, actually. Okay. okay. Listen, we, we Where's did. Al? Uh, Al had to. Uh, he told me not to tell you. Yeah, he had a he had a, a hops thing. So uh, a dog emergency. Don't so, worry. Some, someone will cut this all out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys want to see 
Spider-Man trailer? Did you talk about that? No, we haven't it, talked about it. No, because I didn't watch it yet because I was uh, too busy being a dad. Um, so Alan, uh, Alan, I watched it. So uh, for me personally, like I was a little bummed that we didn't get any Star Wars stuff because during the investor call last year, we had so much Star Wars stuff. And then we get this, this these rumors that the Ryan Johnson trilogy isn't going to happen, which no surprise to this guy. Yeah. Patty Jenkins film won't happen based on uh, that Star Wars video game, which is basically going to be a Top Gun in the Star Wars world. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I actually would watch that because Patty Jenkins is a good director. <laughs> so, Me like, too. And I think it's just delayed. I think the, the Patty Jenkins one is delayed. And I do a, think they said that the Ryan Johnson thing is shelved, quote unquote, which is yeah, not surprising. Like, I, I like, I'd like to watch. I, I still haven't watched Knives Out to Al Chagrin. <laughs> But I, I do definitely want to. I'd like to see Ryan Johnson out do other movies besides Star Wars. So yes. like, I like the last yes. Jedi. Don't worry. But like, for those who are like, oh, did you like it? I did. <laughs> for those who are like, oh, you liked it. Sorry, guys. Uh, I also <laughs> voted for Joe Biden. So I'm <laughs> like, what I gotta tell you? Um, it's embarrassing, <laughs> but I also often do it. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not the word. I'm not. I was a little disappointed there was no Star Wars stuff because yeah. like. My whole, uh, the, uh, was it Rangers of the New Republic? I was like, oh man, I hope it's like the, the Filoni and the guy from, uh, oh, I forgot his name. It's like that show on Netflix about the grocery store. He, they, those guys, I'm like, I just want a buddy cop film of those. This, yes. Those guys. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't bummed about it. Al, we'll get back to you when we come back, mm-hmm. when you come back, but let's get into, um, so one of the things we saw, especially in the MCU, we saw that Hawkeye trailer. So what, Kai, what's your thoughts before this, um, not trailer, is a whole scene. What are your thoughts on Hawkeye going into all this? Were you were you excited to see this? Um, yeah, it's really funny you say that. Um, I remember when it was first announced there was going to be a Hawkeye show. I was like, really? Like, yeah. I I don't particularly enjoy Jeremy Renner. I, like, I liked him in The Hurt Locker. Yes, and yeah. And I think that's kind of where it ends. Yeah, like Arrival is one of like my all-time favorite movies, and I forget every time he's in it until I'm watching it, and I'm like, Ugh. I do, <laughs> right? And oh, he's like kind of a big film. part. Yeah, yeah, and he's kind of a big part. Yeah, he's oh, well, not and my I'm favorite. Talk about Amy Adams later for everyone. I guess I got to talk about it for Matt Taylor. I'll talk about it later. Good. Um, yeah, I would die for Amy Adams and also uh, Jenny Villeneuve. Yeah. Oh gosh, gosh, yes, we stand. Um, like Dune. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. I liked it a lot. I, I did think point. it was an incomplete film, which is like nobody's fault, really. It, but I'm like, oh, this isn't finished because no. it's not. Yeah. And then my wife went on the David Lynch version. And my God, what a train wreck. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lynch. Anyway. What a guy. So, um, yes. So, so um, Jeremy Renner is not one of my favorites. Um, I think he's perfectly fine in Avengers movies. And when he pops up, great the best thing they ever did was like give him a wife and kids it like made his character more interesting um that being said watching this scene i'm like oh first of all love the fact that we're setting this at christmas yes big fan um also i and yeah it's like the setting is cool it looks great um i really like Haley steinfeld she is lovely um minor shout out for a show i'm loving so much right now called dickinson which is on 
Apple Plus. And it's in its heading into its final season, I believe. Third, yeah, it's in the third, third season. And oh, wow, it is it is so good. I I we could have a whole podcast just about Dickinson. It, definitely check it out. It's it's very good. She's excellent in it. But what I loved most about the scene was like, okay, whoever put this scene together has also seen Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Children of Men, oh. uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. That that scene is definitely ripping off, but it's fine. It's good. Wait, um, which scene, which scene are you talking about? Just mostly because of alcohol. I don't remember things. It's it. I think it's definitely ripping off the single shot scene in the car, oh, where okay. Yeah, which which is pretty much what's happening because you have the camera in the car yeah. and it's like on a rotating thing and the whole thing's in one shot, which which is what happens in that scene. It reminded me also of A Quiet Place 2, a movie that was also ripping off Children of Men. So, um, yeah, it made me excited. I was I like, do, this looks good. Yeah, you and I could do a six-hour podcast on Children of Men. My God. Yeah. My God. Like two hours just, just dedicated to Clive Owen. Um, yes. Al, uh, apparently this has turned into a Children of Men podcast. <laughs> guys, guys, today is the 15th anniversary of Children of Men. Good. Good. Go, guys, guys, first off, 15 guys, years ago, our lives were changed. First guys, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Me and Ryan would would dedicate a 20-hour podcast on children. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> can, 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 I just, can I just say my, my one favorite fun fact? You will love this out. My fun fact to tell people about Children of Men. Do you remember, because it's obviously set in the future, there is a very brief moment in the movie where they show Coldplay in the future, yeah. right? That was originally supposed to be Arctic Monkeys, but they didn't do it. They were asked to do it and they didn't do it. And to this day, Alex Turner says it's the only regret he has with the band in his life turning down being in Children of Men. Fun fact, that means Coldplay is both in Children of Men and Shaun the Dead. Yes, it's very true. And and spaced. Hence Um, hence my love of Coldplay. uh, Maybe we do a Children of Men podcast down the road because now Dude, I'm, I'm 15, 15 year retrospective children of men podcast with the five oh. of us i'm in yeah, yeah I, you know what once no, four of us four of once us. boba fett's done we're doing it um yeah. um until the next disney plus series but al we were talking about just quickly your opinion on no star wars on disney plus day uh quick thing uh there's always Star Wars celebration. They're probably saving it for that. May the fourth. That's what we both we both mm-hmm. yeah as well. We milk it for all it's worth. And then we're talking about the Hawkeye scene. And uh, about Cat before I get to Al, circling back, does that scene make you want to watch Hawkeye more? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I was I've gone from like being eh, lukewarm to oh this looks nice to oh yeah I'm definitely gonna watch this like the day it comes out. I, I agree with you. Like I was very apathetic towards this. I mean, listen, the best part of Hawkeye's character was Linda Cardellini was his wife. And I totally. love Linda Cardellini with mm-hmm. everything, every, well, not every fire room might be because that's dedicated to my wife. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then as, as we saw a trailer, I'm like, okay, interesting. Oh, Christmas. Okay. Now you piqued my interest. Then we see that scene. I'm like, all right, I'm in. And of course we're going to get pizza dog, which we stand pizza dog. And I feel like, I feel like the review series is somehow going to be titled something about pizza dog, but yes. uh, your thoughts, because you messaged me in all caps, Hawkeye scene in this, the Marvel, you know, trailer, uh, your thoughts on this. Yeah. I think we need to talk about Disney plus day, like this year as a whole of like 
kind of what a train wreck train wreck it was in terms <laughs> of like, oh, there's footage where like they didn't tell us like it was no. very weird. I thought it was organized terribly. Uh, but in terms of Hawkeye, like I've said a million times on the show, like I'm super excited for the series because multiple reasons. The main one being that it's it, it is not a it's it's straight off straight up ripping from Matt Fraction and David Aha's run of Hawkeye, which is one of my favorite comic book runs ever. It's okay. so good. It's so 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 good. That's where we get the introduction of Pizza Dog, the 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 building of the relationship. It's not the first meeting of, but it's the building of the relationship between Clint and Kate Bishop, who becomes Hawkeye, um, and you know the um the 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 aesthetic the the street level nature of it um some of the villains that they've uh, added to it like that's all ripped right from that run it's also a beautiful run um like the david uh, i think it's aha it's aja i'm i always say aha but um or i don't know but his artwork is breathtaking throughout um highly recommend i think they just re-released a collection of it that you can find um it's it's such a great read it's like 26 issues it's phenomenal anyway i'm very pumped uh cat already pointed out the children of men direct like homage of, of like the car scene and i thought from the initial trailers that that was going to be very standard looking marvel shot until we saw that scene and i'm like oh yeah. shit like they really care um i don't know if cat mentioned this already but a lot of people have been saying like they're getting like shane black vibes a little bit, oh. you know, the Christmas oh, no, aesthetic. No, I mentioned that. That's that's very cool. And Shane, yeah, yeah. Worth, uh, big Christmas guy. Yeah, yes. and the Marvel guy. He's a Marvel veteran. He's uh, did Iron Man three, mm-hmm. which was also set at Christmas. Um, but like, it looks like like aesthetically, it's got you know, kiss kiss bang bang vibes. And I'm like, I'm all in for that. And I think you know, this might be somewhat of a swan song for Jerry Jeremy. Renner's uh, run as Hawkeye. Not that he's going to move on to bigger, better things, but like, and it's weird because Jeremy Renner is this weird, hated figure. I'm not going to say on a Chris Evans level, but people never liked him and they always rag on Hawkeye. But like, if you really think about like Jeremy Renner's like, hang on, hang on. Like, Chris Evans? Do do you mean Chris Pratt? Oh, I said, I'm sorry. Did I say Evan? Sorry. There's too many Chris's. Chris Pratt. Sorry, guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, Chris Pratt, especially when no, no, no. no. Evans, Chris Evans, everyone loves Chris Evans. Chris yeah, Evans we hate Chris Pratt. put that beard on, I mean, he became a national icon. Yes. When you put that sweater on, Chris Evans is universally beloved we did and, has, and yes. has been since, since, uh, since not another teen movie. Um, yes. No, I love Chris Evans. True, true fact. Um, Chris Pratt is just kind of universally hated to a degree that is weird but at the same time kind of acceptable whereas jeremy renner's kind of always had that he was the pre he was pre chris pratt hated and it had to do a little bit with just his weird kind of personality and he thinks he's a singer and on top of that like people just didn't like the character of hawkeye as presented in like the first couple of avengers films but like honestly from when he was casted i always kind of dug it like Hawkeye was never like a larger than life character I think he's played him to the extent of like what he should be played at and I think we're really going to get that in here with someone who's dedicating time to build his character even more you have to remember that the guy who um gave us Hawkeye didn't know how to write Thor like think about that for a minute so like you know in the hands of someone else I think he actually has a chance to shine uh but obviously this is going to be Haley Steinfeld's like just like this is me yeah world like 
Like I am going to be in your face for the next like decade. Um, and I love her to death and everything that she said, but really think about like Renner's filmography. The guy is in some great movies and he has some great performances, like crazy. Like he was in the Hurt Locker. We, yeah, we mentioned that before. We yeah. talked like, about the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, One the my, town. Yeah. Dude, the town. He is the shit in the town. Like he's great in the town. Um, American Hustle, which, you know, is a kind of, you know, not the best of the those movies, but like, He's great in that. Like his, his performance in that is good. Yeah. 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 I, I I can't really explain it. I, I don't hate him. I yeah. don't. Um, I just he like rubs me the wrong way. No, I no, guess. no. It's all, I get yeah. it. I get it. I, I think Pratt has done that and showed more evidence yeah. of which. Yes. Like he's provided more like for you to kind of not like where yeah. your Renner, Renner's odd just odd um there's, there's things there it's an odd guy anyway yeah. um but going back to hawkeye it's the crux of the matter super super pumped i love the scene that they showed i wish they didn't show it i wish they i, I wish they didn't show anything stop showing me stuff i want to be surprised i want to be excited i think there's so I think that's much gonna be that in this one. show there's so much in the show that they haven't showed that i'm really excited about like echo we haven't seen a lot of her in any of the, the promotional Pew. footage Florence Pugh, like I don't yeah. know how to say her name, but like we haven't Pugh. seen any Pugh. I know Florence Pugh. We haven't seen anything, but um, I think I think they're doing the right job to getting everyone pumped, and I think this might be the best one yet of the Marvel shows. And that's saying a lot because we got WandaVision. I think um, this one can stick the landing too. Uh, I think uh, I think that uh, that scene is going to be episode one, but I think that's like. They're giving that one. They're giving that one away. You give away the uh, the farm. Nah, I say two. I say two. Well, there are the first two episodes. I think at the first on on in November. So I mean, like on the tw- next week. So I think it's just mm-hmm. within the first two episodes. It's not that you're not giving away something like the finale or something like that. So I'm okay with that. Let's move on to our other properties. We got some footage from. Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She-Hulk. Of course, Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac, She-Hulk starring Tatiana Maslany, and Miss Marvel based off the um, very popular comic and one of the most popular characters in the new Avengers video game. So of those, let, let's get like quick hits on these. Al, I'll start with you since you went last. Your thoughts on uh, She-Hulk, which people thought the logo for She-Hulk looked like a, a very cancelable, like NBC legal drama <laughs> logo. Um, <laughs> what did you think of She-Hulk? And then give me uh, Miss Marvel and uh, your thoughts, real quick. First of all, oh, that was like one hundred percent on purpose. Like they did that oh, on purpose because she's a lawyer. Like it, I'm hoping it is a legal drama with superheroes. Like I'm trying to get he, my wife really into it, it so yeah. she can watch it. Yeah, like it, no, it, I, it looks like Nip Tuck. The, it looks like the, the logo, logo yeah, Nip Tuck. I hated that show so much. Oh, yeah, terrible. Um, Ken Grandpierre loves that show. Very random. Is. We've uh, talked about this. Uh, we talked about, talk about that. We talked about it on the podcast, I think. Anyway, oh, no, I I am excited. I'm glad they showed like again, very you know non spoilery stuff. I love how actively involved Ruffalo is in it. Like even yes. if it's only for like an episode, like we get oh, like, good. Fu- yeah, we get like full on Ruffalo, and I'm I'm just all about that. Like give me more of give me more of uh, Professor Hulk. I'm I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Miss Marvel. I am I'm I have not problems, but I'm interested in figuring out 
why we thought we were getting it this year and now we're getting it after the Marvels, which is interesting because now she's going to be introduced in a movie, rather her own show, instead of vice versa. I thought, I think it got pushed, right? Isn't the Marvels, the movie coming out after or coming out before her show? I don't know. This is, that's going to be a summer 2022. uh, The show is coming out. Okay. Then I'm going to double check my, my math. And the Marvels is coming out February 2023. Yeah, so it's going to be after. Okay, then I'm okay with it. I think everything got pushed. Okay. Yeah, everything so, did get pushed. Yeah, everything. Yeah, okay, pushed. so sorry, good. It's 2022. Okay, ignore what I just said. Yeah. I, I'm hesitant because we didn't get to see any of the effects of her, and she is one of the um, like uh, most effects-heavy Marvel character we've seen to date in the sense they really need to nail it or it could look like the CW and we're going to like, we would revolt. So they really need to knock out like, you know, this is like, this is a good test for their version of Mr. Fantastic because she can change the size of her body. It's like kind of, you know, um, what, what, what we've seen from giant man, but less, humanly proportionate right she can what they call in biggin so she can get gigantic and make her arms long and things like that so it's like a little more kirbyan like jack kirby very like flowy-esque mm-hmm. kind of thing um it's i i think they're they're still working that out and i think that's why that got pushed it has to be yeah. right because it, it's a standard show from that it's just like a you know a, a kid in high school trying to navigate having powers like they really need to nail the effects for that character and i think that's why they're pushing it and then real quick moon knight i mean what else do you have to say besides oscar isaac as moon knight like nothing has been casted more perfectly in the mcu than than that like i have a stupid question about about moon knight so in, in the the trailer that we see there's like a very British voice voiceover. That's not Oscar Isaac, right? So he's a schizophrenic. So maybe that's one of his voices. It might be one of his personalities. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, if they're playing it to the Moon Knight, especially from like the last few runs of like Warren Ellis douchebag, but Jeff Lemire, um, like the like late 2000s run of Moon Knight, we're going to get some really cool dark shit. Like, I'm really excited about that. Uh, But yeah, I think that could be just one of his voices or maybe the voice in his head. Um, But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think it it looks like it's pulling from those recent runs of Moon Knight that have been like award, either nominated or uh, have won awards for. They're just incredible. Okay, your thoughts on Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight? Um, yeah, I'm I'm really pumped for She-Hulk. I've been a fan of Tatiana Mislani since like Orphan Black. She was incredible in that show. I constantly am trying to find clips to show to Cole. She'd be like, "No, you don't understand. She plays like eight different characters, and they all feel like different people, and you forget that it's like the same woman on screen." She's so talented and anything with Mark Ruffalo, sign me up. I'm there. Um, Looks really good. I don't really know anything about Ms. Marvel other than like 
she's like a Muslim Pakistani American 16 year old teenager who has like superheroes and like superpowers. Cool. Like I'm there. I really like that. It's kind of, it looked like it's, it looks like it's geared for a slightly younger audience, which I like um, because it's kind of a little bit something different than we've seen with the Marvel shows. So I'm definitely intrigued and curious if like Monica Rambeau or somebody will show up in it. Um, That would be really interesting. And I know nothing about Moon Knight other than like vaguely some things I've read, but I think Oscar Isaac is like a really great actor when he's in the right project, when he's in the wrong project, it's tragic, but he's, when he's good, he's really good. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested. There was nothing from those three things that I saw. And I thought like, I won't be watching that. It was more of like, yeah, this all looks like pretty interesting and good. Uh, for me, I'm trying to convince my wife to watch She-Hulk because I hope it's a legal drama that just injects <laughs> her. You know, she just She-Hulks every once in a while. It'd be great. Tatiana Maslany, I did not watch a lot of Orphan Black myself, but I did watch her in Perry Mason, and she was excellent in that. She's a great actress, and I like how it's like, I feel like there's going to be a lot of comedy in this. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, great, because Tati Maslani can be very funny when she wants to be, you know, so it's that's going to be awesome. Miss Marvel was uh, Sophie with my daughter. She saw a clip of that and she's like, "Ooh, what's this? As opposed to any of the other things. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I listen, I have a soft spot in my heart for anyone who's from New Jersey, especially a superhero. And it like, takes place in Jersey City. And the comics takes place parts in my hometown of Edison, New Jersey. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I liked I like this we're getting a, a a different type of superhero. We're getting into her culture. We're getting into her background. It's it's definitely like you said, Kat, geared towards a younger audience, which I think is appropriate. Yeah. It, not everything can be geared towards dad, you know. So and like you know, a bunch of comic book nerds. You want to grow your Marvel audience, and that's a great way to do it. Uh, as far as Moon Knight goes, I remember having the Marvel card of Moon Knight and him to being a mercenary and all sorts of stuff to see Oscar Isaac. In this, I thought this was going to be a movie, to be honest with you. I told Al this on Facebook Messenger, but man, oh man, like seeing him just kicking some ass, but also being like, what's happening to me? And there's all this crazy stuff going on. Yes, yeah, sign me up. That's going to be amazing as a series. And I think it's right that it's built as a series. So we get a little time to breathe with the character, get the background on this on this and this superhero that a lot of people don't know. And I think that's really going to work. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool for me. Let's move on to uh, Pixar had a pretty good uh, run. Anything stand out for you guys for Pixar and any of the other Disney plus uh, stuff that came out. We had a lot of announcements of kids shows. We had John Mulaney and Adam Sandberg basically like, Hey, we're in Dale's rescue Rangers resurrecting a cartoon from my youth. Um, um, so yeah, any, anything, you know, for Pixar, or any of the other, uh, Disney plus properties that stood out for you that you guys want to highlight? Kat? Um, I want to give a shout out to our close friend, Brie Williams. She has been working for the last year and a half on the proud family show, which is coming out and looks so good. I watched the proud family when I was in middle school and it like, it looks just as good, even better. I like how they kept like the traditional animation, but like updated it slightly. And now they have these like big, huge stars in it. And it looks like it's going to be so awesome. Um, So I'm excited for that. Um, And yeah, I think the next Pixar thing is 
like this like red panda movie. Red. So, yeah. Yeah. Where this girl deals, uh, this young woman, she deals with anxiety and she turns into a giant red panda. Yeah, I identify deeply, but I I wish I turned into like a cute red panda instead of like a maniac. Um, but yeah, it looks so cute. I I really loved Luca, um, which I guess was that the last Pixar movie or two Pixar? That movies? That is the last Pixar movie and might be my favorite thing this year. Yeah. Yes, it was so cute, like so underrated. I, I like we watched it on Disney Plus when it came out, and I think we like watched it a second time within the same week because it was just so cute. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to all those things. There's, I like that there is a variety of new stuff going out for like people of all ages, not just like Marvel Avengers stuff. Like there's stuff for like young kids too, which is cool. Uh, for me, I'm no, I rip it. Um... I'm intrigued by Lightyear, the <laughs> Buzz Lightyear prequel. It's just a wild concept. You've got Chris Evans playing the what the model for Buzz Lightyear. And I, I just, everyone, a lot of people are very negative on it. I'm just like, I need to know what this is about. I need to watch this movie. <laughs> just, just, what is this film? And I, I'm, I'm very excited to see that. Uh, I'm also intrigued by a Marvel property that was announced um house of harkness which we're gonna see agatha harkness uh, oh yeah go forward uh i literally hope she's just evil doctor who where she just jumps through timelines is just like a, a snarky woman who has like a whole bunch of you know misadventures through time and space i think it'd be great um you know, I, I I was a big fan of that, and um, I, there's so much coming to Disney Plus this year, and I am I am excited for the Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers posted because when I was eight or nine years old, that was a thing I watched on the Disney Afternoon on Channel Eleven on the East Coast in New Jersey, and um, I want to see what this thing is because it's like, is it live action? Is it animated? We don't know, so I'm excited for it. Um, Al, what about you? What 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 piqued your interest from the rest of Disney Plus Day? Yeah, I thought the Lightyear thing was very interesting because it looks fucking awesome, and <laughs> it shouldn't, but it makes sense. And it's like, oh, and Chris Evans are like, oh, okay, like I'm going to see this, and it makes it made me think, uh, mainly because I just had a 11 percent beer. But if if this is a success, right? Hear me out, Lightyear. Yeah. huge new franchise for them what's to stop them from doing this and they should because it's the best idea i've ever had oh doing a straight up woody's roundup mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. Oh, damn it i, I mean right? i think a woody's roundup series makes more sense than a standalone light year movie no, so no yeah. light year makes so like think I about know, if Toy Story... i think woody's roundup makes more sense as we saw no. it no Think about if Toy Story came out now and they said that there was a character toy of the most popular thing in their world, right? Like there's a Spider-Man movie because of how popular the comics are in our world. But Buzz Lightyear was like the most popular thing to Andy and his friends, right? Because it was the most, it was the biggest thing ever. So if that came out now, people are like, "Oh, cool! They should make a movie based on that character because, like, they've already established a universe within the universe. Like, it just it's something that would happen now. But the fact that this movie came out in the '90s, like, and it's happening 20, 30 years later, whatever. Like, I think it 
it's like, wow, that's so weird. But at the same time, if like that would happen now, it would happen. Like, I can't explain it. I know it sounds weird, but I'm saying that like, Rick and Morty example, when they announced, when they put a character in Rick and Morty that becomes like a fan favorite, they spawn off to do a million things. Like we're still talking about Pickle Rick, right? They've made side comics in so they've had rick and morty comics but they have uh, comics in the rick and morty universe based on the superhero team from the one episode of rick and morty right like we're in that kind of world it's so, strange okay. yeah, i just i, I don't know i, I know have a question game. about lightyear maybe i'm misunderstanding it just from yeah. watching like the trailer my understanding uh-huh. of lightyear is that it's like a tv show or it's it's a movie based upon it's a movie that exists in the universe of Toy Story insofar as Andy would go to a movie theater and watch Lightyear. Correct. And that's why he has an action figure yes. of Buzz Lightyear because of the movie. Yes. Okay. It's the, it, that's that's how I'm reading it. Now, Th- that's I how that's, I took it, but I don't know if that's right. They're not going to present, I don't think they're going to present it. It's not like you're going to see Andy walking into the movie theater yeah, seeing no. that, which is a great idea. To be fair. No, don't do no, that. I was so afraid it. that they're going to do... I saw the trailer and I was like, God, I really hope they don't do a Lego movie thing where it cuts to like live action and we see... No, no. I, no, no, I don't no, want no. that. I think it would just yeah. be Andy as Andy. I think it would be Andy as Andy. I'm saying, like yeah. animated Andy. But yeah. I, 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 was, I was thinking it was like... Yeah, I don't know. But like, it's just... I, it, that's the thing about this movie. It's like, I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, it's weird. No, what it is. It, it's so weird. It's because it's weird because it's not like, oh, okay, we're going to do a Buzz Lightyear prequel or a sequel because then you would think your mind is saying, oh, it's the toy Tim Allen having his own little adventure. Right. But it's not. It's the character that's based. What what inspired the toy instead of the opposite? The toy doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I so do. it's like, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's why I think Disney's just like, we can do this. We can do whatever the fuck we want. And people are just like, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll watch it, but we have some questions. I do. I, I am. I do think we're going to get a Sheriff Woody's roundup though. I feel like it's coming. Like Kelsey Grammer, Joan Cusack, Tim, Tom Hanks, just all getting together and doing something like that. I, I can see. Or they'll recast the voice actors since obviously Tim Allen is not voicing Buzz Lightyear in this. But no, I just meant a Woody, Woody's Roundup because you can't have not Tom Hanks as Woody. Well, yeah. you can because we, well, we you can have Paul Hanks. No, you have uh, you have what? No, you know that Tom Hanks's brother voices everything yes. that's not the actual Toy Story movies. No, yeah. So that's every true. game, every no, I, toy, every thing that he has been in that is not Toy Story one, two, three, mm-hmm. four. And um, I mean, Toy Story, two, Toy Story of Terror, and there's one other direct to do Toy, to Toy Story Before Time or something like that. It's, yes. So yeah. out of those, Tom Hanks's brother does it. Everything yeah. else, Woody. So there oh, is. A, okay, I was gonna say I see those movies and Tom Hanks. I know Tom. No, no the, the the movies are definitely Tom Hanks. But yeah. if you go into a store right now and they have like a disney i was gonna say toys r us r.i.p doesn't exist if you go, <laughs> if you go into go a to toy a store, store if you go disney to a, stores don't exist either 
That's right. They're all dying. If you go to a store and you see a a Woody, yeah, and there's a Woody doll that has the pole thing, and it says, my name is Woody. That's Tom Hanks' brother. That's Tom Hanks' brother. Any and any video game, a, you know, pl- Toy Story. He whatever, loves talking about this. He's yeah. like, everything you hear is my brother. My Everything's God. his brother. Their voices are so similar. I Dude, am, even, my brain is broken. There is a Disney Plus. I think it's on Disney Plus. It's like a uh, short film that I guess came with the DVD of Toy Story 4, where mm-hmm. you're seeing like um, Woody and Bo Peep like hang out more. Yeah. Voiced by the brother. 100%. Like, you could hear it in an instant. Yeah, what will screw with your head more, watch Forrest Gump, and in all of the scenes where he's running and it's not close up, that's Tom Hanks' brother. Because Shut he's up. A, Stop Because he's a better brother. It. It's too <laughs> it's much. Wow. Too much that, for me that right I now. <laughs> that I didn't know. Listen, uh, at least it's not Chet Hanks. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't speak of him. Colin Hanks. No. Colin Hanks, Hanks all day, man. He was in uh, Happy Endings. Great show. Uh <laughs> God. I, I'm like, I don't even know how to host this podcast anymore. You don't. After, after all these revelations, I'm serious. It's like blowing my mind. Um, yeah, so that's Disney Plus Day, guys. Holy shit. I, I don't know how to go on from that. So let's transition into um, any final thoughts on Disney Plus or anything you'd like to see on Disney Plus coming up, but just so I could I could just decompress what just happened. <laughs> no, just, just like I said, I think it was a kind of a shit show. Oh, in the sense that you know it was online through Twitter on a thread where they kept tagging so the weird. person in the replies, which was yeah. odd. And then you know, I I found out that there was Moon Knight footage from a screenshot that that a friend of mine took on Twitter and Disney Plus. They had released a Marvel sneak peek a mm-hmm. Pixar sneak peek and Obi-Wan sneak peek because they weren't releasing them online. They wanted you to go to the platform and watch it. Right. That's fucked up because... That's where we watched everything. So, we we watched it on the platform. I don't know how we figured out to do that, yeah. but that's what we did. I figured so, it out because Al told me to watch it. All. Yeah, so yeah. like when they do the Disney Plus Day event, live stream that through your platform or if you have to do it through hulu do it through hulu but like use the means to do that use youtube if you need to or whatever twitch doesn't mm-hmm. matter like broadcast it you don't can do just it tweet it out you can do whatever the fuck you want like just do it right and they didn't do it right they should add a host do it like they did the disney investor day like make it like that and show everything in one spot then release That's the clips individually hosted, and it'll be fine let yeah exactly let john stamos or like the the one friend in the mighty duck show that's hilarious the little kid he's so funny like Milo Estevez is not returning he way. is not he's not ducks uh, do not fly together because not all of them will get vaccinated what a bummer apparently it was probably, i think it was more money than the vaccination <laughs> stuff but no it was vaccination <laughs> stuff oh yeah. that's what he's saying yeah uh, allegedly uh can anything you wanted to add about disney plus day no no just uh i'm generally excited for what's coming out or i'm looking forward to it but i will say that i kind of like not that the the way it was executed but i liked that that it was broken up by like pixar disney marvel or whatever in small chunks on disney plus because the one thing i would hate more than anything is like Tune in. We're having a three-hour live stream event, which is like 
the investor call. (laughs) Which is what like happens all the time. We sat through um, HBO Max's Warner, oh, DC something, whatever that was. Yes, the fandom. And it was so long. And there, it, it was like, it was very painful. There was interesting things we're looking at, you know, a uh, new season of Young Justice, which Cole works on. It's out now. Everyone watching HBO Max. Very exciting. The new, the Batman trailer looks oh. great. Very excited. But a lot of filler and a lot of nonsense and a lot of like congratulating and patting on your back of like, look how diverse our casts are. And look, we have a woman director. We've done it. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like it's, I can't with that. I can't just give me clips of the things I need to watch. I don't need somebody holding my hand through a three hour thing. So I'm glad they didn't do that, but that that's just me. The best thing to happen at Disney Plus Day for me was the Oscar winning animated short feast was finally released on this platform. And why am I so excited for it? Because that dog looks exactly like my dog (laughs) and it has the floppy ear and all and its love of food. If you've never seen Feast before, it did win the Oscar for Best Animated Short. It's a fantastic little film, but a dog and food, it's great. So go check that out. It's awesome. And then what's recommended underneath, if you've never seen the short uh, film out, it's a very cool short too. That's about a dog and a, and a, a man trying to come out to his family. Um, oh that's yeah, a, that's a great little short too. So oh, that it's so good, so good. So let's move on to uh, something completely different, uh, guys. I don't know if you know, but on November first, Christmas began. <laughs> Everybody, Christ, even before that, we were seeing Christmas commercials. Let's talk about holiday pop culture traditions. Let's start with what I just talked about. When does Christmas season, this is a quick answer, when does Christmas season for you officially begin? Al, you are Captain Christmas, so when does it begin for you? Thanksgiving. Kat? The the day after Thanksgiving for me. Yeah. Same uh, day after Thanksgiving, 100%. Everyone else in the world right now, I mean, we are so amped for Christmas. We're seeing the Christmas music coming out. There are there. I don't know about you guys, but in my town, there are houses completely decorated for Christmas, and they were a week or two ago. Oh yeah. For me, it is it is too early. I, I'm I'm okay with Target having stuff out and picking up. This is the hunter and hunter ga- hunting and gathering time for me. You mm-hmm. can do Christmas shopping and get some decorations. Everything's great. You can't put shit out yet. That's just my opinion. It's too early. No, Cole and I went to Disneyland. I want to say October 24th or something. Yeah. Yeah. We we went there a week before Halloween and I'm very into Halloween. We love Halloween. I love pumpkin flavored things. Like, yes, I'm definitely that basic bitch. I want the pumpkin pie flavored, whatever shit you have, give it to me. I want it now. And at Disneyland a week before Halloween, they had fucking Christmas stuff up like in, in the stores, in certain sections. And I said, excuse me, it is not even Halloween. What is going on here? And they're bringing out like peppermint things. I'm like, no, no, where is the pumpkin spice? That's what I want. So absolutely yes. not. Res- also respect Thanksgiving because it means more pumpkin things. And we need to calm down with the Christmas thing. 
it's Al, too much. Al, based off of Kat's comments, I mean, I'm in complete solidarity with them. Thanksgiving is my favorite eating holiday of all time. Your <laughs> thought, your thoughts on Kat's comments? No, I, I, I totally agree. I think Christmas starts for me on Thanksgiving because we usually end up talking a lot about Christmas on Thanksgiving, like getting prepped ready, like grab bags and, and, and talking about black Friday shopping. And like the Christmas season has started on Thanksgiving for me, but like, yeah, I I'm obsessed with uh, eating and love Thanksgiving, uh, love spending time with my family and watching football. And it's a great holiday in itself, but like, I, I do, I, I think it's strange how early the Christmas stuff comes out every, every year, you know, and I don't get me started on Black Friday because like this week I was in Best Buy for whatever reason and they already have like pre-Black Friday sales and I'm like, oh, yeah. you're killing me here. Like, it's I, it's, sale. It's, just go on sale. Like why, yeah. do you have to, like, why do you have to ruin it for me? I don't know. I feel like this year, more than ever, we are getting the full court press. Like, I'm talking 1994 New York Knicks defense, like, uh, of Christmas this year. And I'm just like, my God in heaven, you put on a football game, it is nothing but Christmas commercials and PSAs taking a shit on Aaron Rodgers and his thoughts on COVID. Uh, And those I completely support. Uh, (laughs) Moving on from that, we talked about that last week on our football podcast a little bit. Let's talk about, um, you know, the pieces of pop culture that were with us when we were kids that we have for either Thanksgiving and or Christmas that have 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 grown up with us that even as kiddish as they might be or as antiquated, maybe as they may be compared to what people also do or watching now. What they are for me, I'm going to I'm going to start because I also have to use bathroom is. I mentioned it before. It was Mickey's Christmas Carol. It was a a an, an it was a, a short film, maybe a little less than an hour, that aired. Uh, I know ABC and NBC at certain points have aired this uh, film, and it's basically a Christmas Carol. And Scrooge McDuck is Ebenezer Scrooge, and it's one of the first times we met Scrooge McDuck. And it tells the Christmas Carol through all of your Disney characters, including Tiny Tim, and um, you know. Um, Donald Duck and everyone you can possibly think of. And it's been something that I, you know, I even have the little book that came out about it. I've watched it as many times as I can. I remember when I moved out of my house, I actually took the VHS tape with me and we'll watch it. And then now it's on Disney plus. And I was able to share that with my daughter last year and she really enjoyed it. So that's one of the things that I, I, I've carried with me. And I think musically what I've carried with me is, um, I had this weird tradition in my house of when we set up Christmas decorations. I also would love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Of course, I have to step out after I finish my piece. But we put our Christmas decorations up on Christmas Eve, which I hated. Because it's like, (laughs) we have Christmas all around us. Why are we doing it the day before Christmas? And then it was done by like January 3rd or 4th. Everything was down. So I had like, Christmas was like 10 days for me. But my dad would always put on the vinyl. And one of those records was the Nat King, the infamous, not infamous, the legendary Nat King Cole Christmas record, which, of course, his song, the, the Christmas song, I think, is the greatest Christmas song of all time. If you've never heard it, go on Spotify and listen to it or find the DJ Father Christmas uh, playlist on Spotify, which was my DJ name during the Popper Christmas shows, which, unfortunately, I have we have not done last this year or last year due to COVID. Uh, I think it is 
something about his voice is so rich. And when he starts off with chestnuts roasting on an open fire, you can, you feel the warmth, you feel Christmas in that song. That's something that's always, that has grown up with me. So um, Al, I'm going to start with you. I do have to step out for a second, but your childhood Christmas traditions that have grown up with you and maybe you've even passed down to young Parker or hops because I listen, I know he's a hearty tank and he's a, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that this is a Christmas movie, but the best use of that song that Bill was talking about is one of my favorite movies of all time. Catch me if you can. Oh, oh yeah. Which is it's like, kind of, it's not a Christmas yeah. movie though. No, like, but a part of it does take place at Christmas. Correct. How Carl, Merry Christmas. <laughs> how, how come every Christmas I'm talking to you? I love that movie. That's the movie. That's the most rewatchable film for me. Like mm-hmm. I can watch that every day, no matter what scene it's on. Like I'm in. That's my that's that movie for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. Christmas traditions. Uh, I the the thing I love about Christmas is everything. Um, no, I I I love Christmas media. So mm-hmm. whether that's music, my favorite Christmas song is "Christmas Lights" by Coldplay. Um, just hearing it, like you know, day after Thanksgiving or whatever, that I'm instantly like it's Christmas time for me. Um, Movies, you know, movies. I like a lot of TV. I like a lot of, uh, you know, Friends Christmas episodes, Community, Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers, like going back and, and watching um, those Christmas uh, specials. Same thing with Thanksgiving too. Uh, gets me in the spirit. Uh, but Christmas movies, you know, the quintessential ones for me are very odd, but I love the Santa Claus. I love the Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. <laughs> a lot of people are just divisive on that movie <laughs> i love that movie um i think it's super quotable i think he just went fucking bananas during that movie um and it's, it shows um i just i don't know i in terms of like stuff to pass on to parker he's obsessed he's been talking about christmas for the last like three months um oh. he's also obsessed with halloween which i, I didn't see that coming um yeah man those are kids kids love yeah can i get stuff halloween. yes i love it yeah <laughs> Um, and he's spoiled because he has he has his birthday same at the end of November and then his, yeah. his birthday is a day apart from my daughter's. So I know it's crazy. Um, I, yeah, I'm just excited to really introduce him. I think hopefully this year he starts like st- like getting into the Christmas movies that I love, like um, Year Without a Santa Claus and Rudolph. Um, you know the classic like. Um, Stop animated. Yeah, Baskin or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, those classic movies. Like I'm so excited for him to experience for the first time, and uh, just you know, going around and seeing the lights. I think I might do that PNC light show this oh, year. Oh, it's like, so good! So people don't know that if you live in New Jersey, PNC Bank Art Center has a drive-through. It was sponsored by HBO Max last year, actually. It it. Really, very weird. Um, and you drive through, which is basically a concert venue, and you drive through this whole area, and there's lights, they have music playing. You could turn to an AM radio station. And I think this year, hopefully this year, depending on you know COVID numbers and whatnot, they have a little Christmas village where they can get a picture with Santa. There's like a faux ice skating rink. You could roast marshmallows, all sorts of cool stuff. So it's it's a great experience. You could live in New Jersey. It's it's like fifty bucks for a family, I think. So yeah, it's awesome. So Kat, 
what are some childhood traditions that like you've grown up with that you've kept with you your whole life with pop culture wise even like christmas wise like whether it's food or like whatever decorating stuff i, I i'm so excited to hear what you're saying <laughs> Um, well, in terms of Thanksgiving, which I'm really looking forward to this year, growing up on Thanksgiving, we would always watch plane trains and automobiles, um, which we're definitely doing this year because it's so good. I mean, Steve Martin, John Candy, Thanksgiving, like what, what, what else could you really ask for? It's so good. Um, also a new tradition we've started because of Cole is that we watch Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man, which he argues is a Thanksgiving movie because there's one that takes place at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. So we watch it on Thanksgiving. Um, Christmas time, always a good time. Like Bill, my birthday is in early December. So Um, always, always a nice time of year to have like Thanksgiving, my birthday and Christmas, um, movies, Christmas movies. I watched when I was a kid that I still watch now. Um, I'll also love the Santa Claus. Like I was the type of kid that would watch the Santa Claus in like the middle of July. And I didn't think that Mm -hmm. was weird. Um, love that. Um, this is more of like a modern classic that I've just started doing in the last several years, but watching Elf every year is just really nice. It's my Um, wife's favorite. It's, it's so good. And um, in terms of like classic things, like always watch White Christmas with my mom. Uh, two years ago, we got to see it um, projected in um, 35 millimeter at the New Beverly, which was amazing. Oh, it was like God. in beautiful, yeah. like beautiful Technicolor and Bing Crosby just it sounded so good and I'm like crying and it, it, it was just so lovely. I love that movie. Um, and when I think of like Christmas songs, I think of like the old classic, like Bing Crosby, White Christmas and, and stuff like that. Um, also the Beach Boys, Little St. Nick, that was played a lot in my house. Um, but in terms of like more modern traditions, um, I definitely still watch some of those things. Also um, the 1994 Little Women, was huge one I watched a lot as Great a kid. Movie. Great movie. So good. Um, and also the Greta Gerwig one we now have in rotation. Because um, you know, Little Women is very much a Christmas yeah. movie. And yeah, it just, it feels like a warm blanket and you're inside and cozy and it's, it's so nice. Um, more modern traditions, we always like to throw in a kiss, kiss, bang, bang in there, which is a Christmas movie. Shane Black loves Christmas movies and um, we like to watch them. I think we watched Iron Man 3 last year um, near Christmas. And um, we have started a new tradition the last two years that we will be doing again this year, third year, is watching Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> oh my god! First off, I was going to do a non-traditional, like a non like movie. That's just go with it. I need to know why. That's that's the non-traditional that we watch between Christmas and New Year's because the movie takes place between Christmas and New Year's. It opens up on a Christmas party. It it's non-traditional, but. It's it's good. It's great. Who doesn't it's, love a sexy in between, a sexy <laughs> and disturbing in between holiday movie? Yeah, but it's great. It's so good, and it's so funny that like you call that movie really. A lot of people call that movie really sexy. There is no sex in that movie. It's just a lot of people sitting around talking about sex. 
that Tom Cruise, the into, it's two and a half hours of Tom Cruise trying to have sex and he doesn't. Spoiler, sorry. Yeah, I know, I know that. Anyway, <laughs> non-traditional, but Please I love make it. make that a tagline on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Cruise tries to have sex for three hours. He doesn't. doesn't. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Incredible. It's true. I would Incredible. highly recommend... Watching it, it's great. <laughs> it's great. There, also, I mean, Stanley Kubrick, complete psycho, but he yes. made it out to be a Christmas movie. And in every single shot of the movie, every single shot, there is either a Christmas tree or there are Christmas lights in every single shot of this three hour movie. And he did that on purpose, just so you never forget that there's a holiday going on in the background. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, like, uh, I have to come back to one point you made. You were talking about Big Crosby. I'm going to circle back in a second because we're on these non-traditional Christmas movies. God, that is... <laughs> uh, none, none of, we're neither of us are going to top that one. For me, it's it's the Royal Tenenbaums. Um, I will watch that movie every... Oh, and also, I, even though it's a Christmas movie, like Home Alone to me is always a Thanksgiving movie, as is Jurassic oh, yeah. Park. And I say that because NBC had this tradition for, God, I feel like decades of playing those two movies Thanksgiving weekend. So those always uh, play for me. But Royal Tenenbaums, because it came out, it was a December release. And mm-hmm. I remember, uh, but it, there's something about it because it's a family oriented comedy, drama, tragedy, triumph type film that just is so Christmassy. And it has like this sort of like warm, nostalgia to it but also like this harrowing tragedy that you know eventually gets resolved it's just something about it it's not a christmas movie but to me it's the movie i always watch during christmas season al what's your non-traditional christmas movie that you watch i mean kiss kiss bang bang i think we've all i'm a fan of it too i think we're all on board this that's a christmas movie <laughs> yeah i think and by the way go find that movie we've mentioned a hundred times on this podcast it's friggin' great it is yeah, my I love I think I started it I think last year or two years ago I think it was dead, probably last year but my my ultimate uh, non traditional Christmas movie double feature is Die Hard Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, okay. two... first, off, first off, that's not non traditional because we no. already established that <laughs> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a Christmas movie and you've already robbed my next question is Die Hard, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, I think we I think we right, let's go with this. Cat is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I, I think there's there's two different definitions of a Christmas movie. One is a movie that takes place at Christmas. And yes. the second one is a movie that is inherently about the holiday. And I think Die Hard is the first, is the former, but not the latter. So I know that's like cheating, but yeah, we love it's a movie that takes place at Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas movie necessarily. But it's also like, I'm, it's a hill I'm not going to die on. Like, if you think it's a Christmas movie, great. Like, I Die mean, Hard's good. No one's going to dog shame you about anything on this podcast. And if anyone <laughs> did, i kick them off the podcast. Um, it's, um, I think it's a Christmas movie because I think it is a movie that takes place around Christmas. And it is a movie ultimately about family. Because it's like this weird, it's a wonderful life type thing where it's just like, hey, I might die. Oh, shit. Let me rethink everything I've done. Okay, now I've reunited my family. Of course, Die Hard 2 completely undoes it. But Die Hard 2 undid a lot of things. Uh, But I say it's a Christmas movie. It's a great movie to watch during Christmas. If you don't think it's a Christmas movie, guess what? I'm not going to judge you. 
because mm-hmm. there's way better things I can judge you on. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Al is Die Hard a Christmas movie, and please give me. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're going to say yes. If you look at it through the lens, he has to save his wife. John McClane has to save his wife and the people of Nagatomi Plaza so he can get to his kids for Christmas. Then it's technically a Christmas movie. So, you know what I mean? Has a great editorial on this that I run every year. He He does. But, like, in the sense that, like, it's set at Christmas time, there's direct references to Christmas, like, I have a machine gun, ho, 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 and the decorations. And like, I just like, you know, it's, it's a Christmas movie to me because it gives me, it's, I feel in the spirit, even though it's a different kind of, you know, uh, you know, it's, if it's a subversion of what a Christmas movie is supposed to be, you know, wholesome and. It is not wholesome. I think we could all agree on that. (laughs) One guy does cocaine. Happy and Santa. It's not, but. But, but a set of Bang Bang is just a fun movie. Set at Christmas time. Okay. I don't so, think it's a Christmas movie. That's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So a movie not set during Christmas that like you watch that you, but you always associate it with Christmas, like a non-traditional type movie. Like Eyes Wide Shut or. or it's, 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 it goes back to Catch Me If You Can. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh. That, no. that also came out on Christmas. I remember. It's, it's Catch Me If You Can because that movie during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And again, but it goes back to family. I think the stuff with Walken and DiCaprio is some of my favorite stuff in that movie. It's just like little mouse. He's stuck. You know, just like oh god. <laughs> Where are you going tonight? What part are you going tonight? We're part of the world. Uh, That's one of my favorite Walken performances of all time. It's the best. It's so sweet. Um, Kat, you mentioned something about Christmas. Best Walken performance. Yes. Absolutely. Al, you're slightly delayed, by the way. Um, so, Kat, you mentioned something about Christmas music, and you were saying how you you enjoy, like, the well, Big Crosby sings and stuff, you know, Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Do you think Christmas music is better, like, the older Christmas music stuff that's 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old compared to more modern stuff that you're going to see? Like, okay, we can't, we can't, Listen, we're not going to start a riot and say Mariah Carey's song is terrible because Jesus yeah. Christ, we will be murdered. Uh, yeah. Not a bad song. It just played a lot. But yes. do you prefer the classics, like the stuff you can still kind of hear the pop and the hiss of the vinyl on when you listen to it? Or do you prefer more modern stuff? Yeah, I think that's a, it's an interesting question because I like read a really interesting kind of like study and analysis of this exact question several years ago, which, which is really great, which is what we think of as like classic Christmas songs, like the Bing Crosby and and stuff like that was all created in like the fifties and a little bit in the sixties. And so is like attached to like the baby boomer era. Yes. And the songs inherently are about the adults at that time looking back at a simpler time. So they were written to be nostalgic and then baby boomers now remember being children and hearing them and it's nostalgic. And then I grew up with baby boomers. So then I remember being a child and it's like, 
it's kind of like watching like the wonder years. Now it's like seven layers of nostalgia because you have like adult Kevin talking about younger Kevin. And then also you remembering watching this as a child, like just so many layers of nostalgia. So I, there's plenty of like modern Christmas songs that I like that I are very enjoyable to me. Um, but because so much about Christmas and the holidays is remembering the experiences you had as a kid and then trying to recreate that with your own children and stuff. I just, when I think of Christmas, I think of those old classic songs because that's just what I heard growing up because that's what my parents heard growing up and on and on. Yeah, I mean, like, I grew up with parents who were born in the early 40s. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was, you know, Perry Como and Andy yeah. Williams and... Uh, Nat King Cole, like I mentioned before, and a whole bunch of other stuff that you would hear. And then, of course, my dad would listen to, uh, if you're an East Coast person, 101.1, which was WCBS, which was an oldie station. So you get all Mm -hmm. those classic songs, Sinatra, Dean Martin, everyone. So, yeah, I I agree. And I never thought of that. And that's why we bring you on the podcast, because you're the smart one. (laughs) This songs that we heard that our parents, you know, played for us that were nostalgic there are songs about nostalgia of a simpler time we're talking about times before tv where everything was yes everything was a small town and communities and sleigh rides and all that stuff and i think it just it boils down besides the fact that's you know if we were going to be cynical those those were popular singings popular singers sing mm-hmm. songs to sell records and yes radio play but at the same time, it actually, to me, boils down what Christmas is all about. It's about, the like you said, like the warmth and of nostalgia in the best possible way. And it brings you back to what's most important about Christmas is being with your family and being with your friends. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, Al's going to rejoin us in a second. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I don't love a lot of modern Christmas stuff. Like I listen to it, I'm like... ever since the 90s because like you would hear like here's NSYNC Christmas here's Backstreet Boys yeah or like these like pop covers that are just like they they feel so like instantaneous and gone like there's yes yeah there isn't a lot of like long-lasting quality I will say though it slightly pains me to say this but it's Christmas it's like you can get (laughs) I I am betting on Sophie when Sophie's grown up and she has her own kids. They're going to be listening to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You with a sense of nostalgia the same way that my parents listen to Bing Crosby with nostalgia. I, I like that's I don't think that's a wild day. I think that's a deadly accurate because it's just like that was the song that was so popular when she grew up with. Yeah. And and then from for generations, my wife definitely loves that song. I think she, my wife actually likes the Love Actually version better, which the girl singing it. Yes, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So she plays that one a lot, and yeah. So it's like my daughter knows a lot of songs. Most of them are Christmas songs. You'll see her slightly mouthing the words in the backseat of the car. <laughs> um, Speaking but- of Love Actually, didn't really give a moment to that, but it in the last like five years it became extremely popular to be like love actually is actually a shit movie and there's nothing love about it and it's a terrible christmas movie and i'm like okay 
I like it and it's fine and it's good. And everyone gives good performances and you don't need to think that hard about it. So yeah, that movie, I feel that movie was like, it was like this unheralded movie when it came out and then it became like every, then people got on board with it. Now everyone hates it. Yeah. I don't understand. And it's just like, Oh, this person's like, super cringe and stuff like that i'm like well yeah if you watch listen to any christmas song or watch like christmas movies there's a lot of cringe um and i don't think in the worst way possible i think yeah love actually is a good movie i can i don't think i'm going to go back to it like a bazillion times like when it's on as it's being shown but i will go back to it at least once i mean bill nye is his song yes he's great in it i will go back to elf a million times so yeah, that's true. Al, the question to you is, like, Kat and I were waxing nostalgic about nostalgic songs being nostalgic. Um, do you enjoy, like, like Christmas songs from, like, that were vinyl-based, you know, from the 50s, 60s, um, you know, 40s and be, or earlier? Or are you more of a modern Christmas uh, person? I'm a good mix of both. I love, I grew up on a lot of the classic stuff the sinatra knack and cole um bing crosby like I, I grew up on that and then it like went through all the decades like you know um <laughs> you know paul mccartney right yeah a little bit of you know and then mariah um i will say on this podcast and I, as i have said on twitter that all I want for Christmas is you is not the greatest Christmas song of all time. And we'll say there is a song that is way better. And that is um, underneath the tree by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, that's a banger. It's a banger. I have a big Kelly Clarkson fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. Thank you. Um, I'm going to listen to the song on this podcast. Is he right? Probably good. I hope so. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think a, a nice little blend. I, you know, I grew up in, you know, I was born in the nineties, so I grew up on nineties, uh, music, but in terms of the, the Christmas music, I, I just grew up, whatever was on listen, whatever was playing in the house. So a little bit of everything. Let's talk about, listen, I, as I've mentioned before, I have DJed a couple Christmas shows in my time as DJ father Christmas. And I always love a good underrated deep cut. Uh, of a Christmas song, Cat, uh, you're the music editor of thepopbreak.com. What is like a really good? Um, what is a really good underrated gem people should be or gems people should be adding to their Christmas l- playlist this year? Oh, that's that's such that's such a good question. Honestly, there's there's so many there's actually like a lot of christmas music and i feel like we forget about this because you hear like the same 20 over and over again um some someone i didn't mention and this is like kind of cheating because he mostly does covers um but i'm truly my mother's daughter here and we need to give a shout out to harry connick jr and his lovely lovely voice um, I watched one of my favorite fall time of year movies recently, which is When Harry Met Sally. And he does a ton of the music in that movie and just reminded me like oh, Harry Connick Jr. Like he walked so Michael Bublé could run basically. And Wow, that is definitely accurate. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, he has so many good songs. I really like, he does like, 
a cover of like Oh Holy Night and even like his cover of like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Sleigh Ride, Silver Bell. There's there's just, there's so many good things. Eric Connie Jr., we stand. I think that if you have a Christmas playlist and you don't have him on it, you you are missing, you're missing something. And so don't forget, don't forget to bring him in there. That's That's my pick. Al, what about you? Some underrated Christmas gems. I feel like there's a Coldplay song coming in here somewhere. Yeah, Christmas yeah. I, I think I mentioned already. Christmas lights by Coldplay is my favorite Christmas song of all time. Um, underrated ones, you know. I mean, I think I yeah. I, I stand by "Underneath the Tree" being the best Christmas song ever, and it's pretty new. I mean, it was it like less than ten years old? I think at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so that's fairly new. Um, I think it's very hard to make a new Christmas classic. Um. Oh, uh, no, that's not. I don't know. Is that Christmas? No. Oh yeah, uh, Dig in a Box. That's a great Christmas song. Great Christmas song. Great, great underrated Christmas song. If you, um, if you have, Christ. If you have the worst Christmas party ever. No, great, great Christmas song. No, um, I, I think you know, I think what I like is usually like artists represent like um versions of like classics. Like I think, or when they kind of remix them. A little bit like Jack Johnson has a, uh, a cover of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which he adds lyrics to. So I think that's cool. And it's like a nice kind of fun, mellow song that you can, you know, play in front of a child, which is always a plus. Um, but yeah, Christmas Lights by Coldplay is my favorite. Definitely most underrated. I'm just going off my last playlist I made. <laughs> so just bear with me. Uh, there's a great cover of White Christmas by the late Sharon Jones and her band, The Dap Kings. Oh, it is. It is uh, R&B fueled piece of beauty. I love it so much. If you've never listened to Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, change your life. They actually appear in Wolf of Wall Street. If you're they're the band who's playing during the wedding reception, actually. Oh, my God. I never knew that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, wow. There is, uh, of course, you got to always play. Uh, if you're from Jersey, you got to have Santa Claus is coming to town by Bruce Springsteen because uh, <laughs> you, uh, you will be arrested. Um, That's a good, good one. Yeah, uh, I have to say, uh, a great modern cover that I really like is Best Coast did a cover of Little Saint Nick. Really good. And that makes perfect sense because they're really good with their harmonies. Excellent song. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, anything by She and Him. Uh, which is, of course, Zoe Deschanel and, and Ward. Uh, my favorite one is Let Snow. Uh, it's a great, cute. they do a great cover. It's a nice, it's a nice holiday song. So those are my, uh, and let's round it up with a, on a negative note. Let's end it on a negative note. Let's talk about our hot takes of just like, what's an overrated, just like dry fruitcake of a piece of Christmas pop culture and everyone seems to love and you're just like, whatever, dude. And I'll drop it first. A Christmas story. Why the hell is that on for 24 hours? I've seen it. It's a movie. It's fine. There's a funny part or two in it, but 24 hours and it's a national treasure. Why? Why? I don't get it. It's like the dad's weird and it's, and everything is just everything. Everyone's angry. And then, you know, the guy gets once again, his eye shot out. Like, I don't get it. It's just, I don't get 24. I get it playing during the holidays, but I don't get a 24 hour marathon of this film. And everyone goes gaga over it. it makes no sense. Uh, Al. Uh, it's the same answer for me. Yes, I, I don't I'm not like alone. that movie. <laughs> I don't like that movie. I don't understand why it's a classic. It makes zero sense. Like, 
if you're going to play any movie for 24 hours straight, that's a Christmas movie. There's like 10 other better choices minimum. Uh, but like, I, yeah, no, that's it. I have nothing else to say. I hate that movie. I didn't go that far, but all right, Kat, what's our Christmas, uh, you know, tradition? You're like, dude, what is this? Um, first, I'm going to give a lukewarm defense of a Christmas story. <laughs> a movie I grew up watching. That, that was another one I didn't mention as a kid. We we would watch that 24 hours in my house for sure. We would, you know, watch at certain parts, do something else, come back and continue. We would put on TBS, which would play it. Um, I loved that movie as a kid because I, despite the fact that everyone in my family still to this day sometimes calls me Randy, his little brother, who's like a total spaz. Everyone thinks I'm Randy. I really identify with Ralphie because as a kid, you're so excited for Christmas and you just want this one thing and you feel like just everything is going wrong in your fucking life. And you're like, God, I got to deal with these idiots at school this teacher who I don't like and I just want this thing and my mom won't give it to me and, uh, and everything was just like such a mess but then you get it and it's so amazing and yeah like maybe the toy isn't like as good as you thought it was or something or something breaks on it but it doesn't take away from the joy of like you wanted something so bad and you finally got it and then you just curl up in bed with your Red Rider BB gun that being said what, what, what was that gift for you I need to know now it was an easy bake oven. I wanted that so bad. You have one. <laughs> so bad. I wanted it so bad. Glad you got um, it. Also, those like sky dancers, the thing where you you pull it and the yes. the dancer girl comes out and it flies and flies. Great example of a toy you love that is like instantly that thing gets lost. If you're outside, it goes yep. in a neighbor's yard. If you're inside, it hits your popcorn ceiling and then part of the ceiling falls and your mom yells and then you can't play with it anymore or it will get stuck in a ceiling fan. So yeah, that's the sky dancers. Um, that being said, I understand why that movie wouldn't connect with everybody. It's not for everybody and I'm totally fine with that. Um, but I do like a Christmas story. Um, now to make everyone hate me, um, my, my controversial... Christmas opinion, a movie that everybody loves, that everybody says that they watch with their family every Christmas and they get around the TV and it makes them feel so much better about their life and everything going on. I think I know what you're saying. And I hate it. Is It's a Wonderful Life. That's, I can totally see why. You, I, can, I totally get it. I I'm like so it. I'm sorry. Like it, but I like it less every time I watch it. Which one? National Lampoon. Oh yeah, I also don't like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but whatever. But that's not as beloved. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, wonderful acting. Jimmy Stewart, we stand. I get it. It's really fucking depressing, and I don't need to see a suicidal man on Christmas. Like, I don't need that. And everyone's like, but it's so uplifting. I'm like, is it? Like, it, oh. no. No, I am in a hundred percent agree with with you on this. Like, yes, the ending is nice, but you go through hell in this movie, and if you are depressed, it's not the movie to watch on Christmas. Yes, yes. Oh my god! Like, oh, oh god! I don't want to think about the people who like turn it on looking for something uplifting and then just spiral. And and, and I, Billy's an asshole. Yeah, oh god, everyone sucks and. 
at the end, you're like, okay, most of your life still sucks, but like you realize that it's better off than you not being alive. Like my, the version of that I prefer is the Rugrats episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, in which Chucky wishes he was never born. Um, Yeah, just not, not my favorite. And like, I get, like, I get it, but also I don't, like, it's really depressing. Al, have you ever watched It's a Wonderful Life? I have to ask you these questions. I haven't. And I, I really have no... You're better off. Yeah, like, it's it's one of those, again, it's like those, like, lexicon movies where, like, you've heard so much about it that you, like, you've seen it. <laughs> you, it's, you have. You have. You know what I mean? Like, The Godfather. I've seen it. Oh, fuck you. You gotta watch The Godfather. I've seen it. As an no, Italian, no, no. I'm surprised your card hasn't been yanked yet. I know. That's what I could watch during Thanksgiving, by the way. That's a non-traditional holiday movie. Mm-hmm. It's always on yeah. during Thanksgiving. Yes. I can watch it. Be thankful for all this murder? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I can be thankful all for this, like, seven-hour movie I can put in the background when football's not on. Yeah. Know? But, Cat, uh, I'm very happy you said It's a Wonderful Life. I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, I love this movie so great because of the acting. And yeah. then you're watching it every year, like, oh, fuck this movie. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a great movie to watch once or twice. Like, watching it every year, let's make a tradition um, out of watching this man try and kill himself on Christmas because his life isn't going great. Yay! Yeah, I'd rather watch family. Scrooged. Yeah, no, give me Scrooge to give me anything else. I will, I will. Oh, my God. I need to interject. Yes. I completely, completely forgot to mention that one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. And I'm so glad I remembered in the final moments of this podcast, we're actually going to go see it at the new Beverly in 35 millimeter. Very exciting. Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. One of one of the greatest films ever made. Michael Caine is Perfect. committing 150% and it's a beautiful film. Now, that's a movie that can be seen as a little bit depressing because this guy's like a total asshole and you see like what his life could be if he doesn't turn around. But guess what? He does turn around. And those Muppets sing and they dance and Tiny Tim makes it through and incredible. Muppets Christmas Carol. Fozzie Bear, Bear was Mr. Fezziwig and I played him in the stage version of that. So oh my it God. speaks to my heart. But we gotta end it so so good. Al, your thoughts on the Muppets Christmas Carol? Is it? it, It's a classic, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Such a good movie. And yes, Michael Caine committing to a to a serious adaptation of a Christmas Carol. He's like a Shakespearean actor. He's like taking it so seriously, looking at Hatchet slash Kermit. It's it's like that. You know that the tweet i think went viral a couple years ago of like um t- you know um take a classic movie replace every character except one with muppets like it's that it's they did it like they did it perfectly and it's like you could do that like if if the actor commits like you could do that with any movie yes we stand a muppets christmas carol and guys we stand christmas and thanksgiving we hope you have great holidays uh i mean we're a couple weeks from them but cat where can people find you on the internet um, people can find me on Twitter, cat underscore wild with an E. Um, you could find me probably a bit more active on Letterboxd. I have the same handle there, cat underscore wild, cat with a K, wild with an E. Um, currently right now, I am a little bit more than halfway through um, re-watching all of the James Bond movies because 
My boyfriend Cole had not seen most of them. We uh, are just about ready to watch The Spy Who Left Me. So we're in the middle of Roger Moore right now and excited to see where it goes. So you could follow me there. And, and hopefully uh, next year we will be back at concerts with you. Yes. Yes. Next year it's happening. It's happening. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood. Uh, Alphonse, you are a prolific concert photographer right now. Tell us where people can find your work. Uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. All my photo stuff will be on both of those platforms. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I have It's a very slow time for the, uh, the concert going season. So hopefully you'll see more stuff from me in like February, March, probably. Um, that's what I'm thinking in terms of uh, more tours. Yep. Al, Al is uh, shooting, of course, for the popbreak.com and other uh, publications as well. Go check them out there. Of course, I said at the top of the hour, uh, the popbreak.com at pop at the popbreak on Instagram and Twitter. And if you must follow me, I am at Bodkin writes W R I T E S on Twitter. So thank you all for joining us for this uh, celebration of Disney plus day, as well as some of our hot takes on uh, holiday pop culture. So for cat now, my name is Bill Bodkin and we will see you next week when we're talking cowboy bebop.